everyone, and welcome back to Newsies Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1992 Disney movie musical Newsies one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. We're at minute 97, which I have beginning with Weasel saying, 30 papes, next, and going on through Morris stepping in front of Sarah. So we get a little mini-movie starting in this minute. <laughs> I have a title for that mini-movie. What is the title you have for that mini-movie? Sarah Jacobs in The Experience of Women in New York City from 1899 to Present. Uh-huh. <laughs> you could also take out the in 18, New York City. And 1899. The experience of women. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> Pretty much. Good notes, good notes. Sorry, sweet face. I was like, this is what they're talking about, fellas. Yeah. This is the thing. Like, you can see Sarah's face saying, hashtag me too. No, for real. <laughs> like, Do you remember that lady that walked from, like, like she basically, like, um body cammed her like day walking around new york city yeah. and all the guys like like being gross I, i'm going to use the word casually here and by which i mean not aggressively but still grossly okay like casually hitting on her as she walked by Ooh. like hey smile stuff like that all day long oh my god yeah and like it was so interesting i'm trying not to use the word funny as much anymore because that's not what I mean. It was yeah. interesting because women who saw that video were like, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And men who saw that video were like, what's the problem? It was not a great look for, uh, yeah. For men. For men. But yeah, this is what, it felt exactly like that. I was like, boy, what a, well, okay. I was about to say what a prescient look at whatever, but the thing is that it literally... I'm sure it was happening in 1899, even worse than depicted. Probably. It was certainly happening in 1992. I like, guarantee it was happening worse than depicted, because I have some notes about this <laughs> for few, some future minutes. Um, I have uh, that the Delanceys have their hats on, which at first when I read my note, I was like, yeah. But the last time we saw them, the last couple times we saw them, one or both of them have not had their hats on. Okay. I said they're going to fix his pal Davey. Um, and then they ha- I said they have Jack over a barrel because he can't defend David. Yeah. Uh, because, more, uh, again, Weasel's like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. One bad move and you're back to the refuge. Yeah, so I had a note about Oscar saying that they're going to go fix David so that he can't walk anymore. Right. And Morris just kind of, like, there's this weird pause and then he goes, shut up. All threatening-like to Oscar, but he says it almost like he forgot his cue. Jack does. No. Wait. No. <laughs> okay. Oscar gets up in Jack's face and goes, hey, we're going to go fix your pal Davey. Fix him so he can't walk no more. Right. And then there's a beat, and then Morris gets up in Oscar's face and goes, shut up. And I assume what he means is, don't tell him. Right. But the way it comes across (laughs) is so much like Morris missed his cue and is like (laughs) half a beat behind where he should be. And he makes up for missing his cue by being extra loud and aggressive. (laughs) It makes me laugh. Every time I watch it. I've never noticed that. It's it's so funny to me. Here's something that just occurred to me. Jack, you should come with us. We're going to go fix your pal Davey. Uh-huh. In what way could that be interpreted in a benign way that the clarification, fix him so he can't walk no more, is like a gotcha? Because it sort of feels like, hey, Jack, we're going to go beat up your friend Davey. Beat him up real good. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. No, I got it. The first, you don't have to clarify. I got well, the first thing. 
The only explanation I have is that it is the Delanceys. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. The Jack Delancey repartee uh-huh. has never been sparkling, so... Yeah, it really hasn't. <laughs> Not entirely through the fault of the Delanceys. No, it's, it's a two-way street. He, you know, Jack has a lot of skills, and he doesn't feel the need to waste them. On the, He doesn't feel the need to explain his art to you, Oscar. No, truly. You know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like... I think that that was supposed to be a bad line because it showed that Jack needed a mouth, needed yeah. needed David to be smart for him. A little bit, <laughs> and which actually calls ahead to something that we get later this week. Uh huh. I also said Sarah continues her movie lo- her movie long laundry cycle. Yes, I have a note before we get there. Okay. Yep. Jack didn't ask for papes. He just he just walks them. up to the window and Weasel hands him a bunch. Do you think that that is because Pulitzer set a number, like give him 100 papes and he has to sell all of them? Right. Or is Weasel just giving him as usual? Oh, I think up until you said, or is Weasel just giving him as usual, I was 100% on board with team. He made a deal with Pulitzer and part of the deal is he has to sell such and such papes. We don't know how many papes are in that stack, right. but it looks like roughly the same size stack that he got at the beginning of the movie. I, I, I have to go with, he's just giving him as usual. And they're paid for, because he didn't pay for them. That's true. But I think that it's just usual, because it's a capacity for what Jack can sell. Too. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That was just something that I had never noticed before. He just walks up and takes the papes that Weasel hands him. Yeah. But. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Huh. I, I think it's that he know that Weasel knows he gets 100 papes. Yeah. Okay. Skipping ahead to Sarah's never-ending pile of laundry. Right. I have a note where... So Sarah, like, she's walking along. She's got this basket of laundry. Les is behind her, like, shadow sword playing. Right. And Sarah passes a couple women who are standing there chatting. And she goes, morning. She does? What is that voice? It's definitely Sarah talking to these other women. It's like she's doing like a southern bell, like moaning. And I'm like, what is that voice? You have had no accent this entire movie. And you decide to test out that one this far in? (laughs) I just got real screechy and I apologize to our listeners. But like, what is she doing? Sarah's clearly a spy. Oh, okay. She She has to maintain her cover. Among the women of the of the neighborhood. That's oh. it. That has to be it. Okay. That makes as much sense as anything yep. else I've come up with. Occam's razor. Yep. Simplest explanation. <laughs> yep. My next note is about a sign they passed. Okay. So they pass a sign that um, when I first watched it, I was like, ooh, I, I, could, I bet I could look that up. And then I didn't take any notes about it. I did look it up and knew I could, but I didn't take any notes about it. So then okay. today I was like... Oh, let me look it up. Wait, why can't I find it? And then you can see it a little bit better, and I had a vowel wrong. So um, it is a sign that says L-A-K-K-O poultry feeds. Actually, I have a picture of it. Okay. Um, Poultry feeds. Poultry feeds. So like like chicken chicken feed. Right. Um, So this is a real thing. Okay. And it is pronounced Laco, L-A-K-K-O. Okay. Because it is short for Lake of the Woods Milling Company Limited. Uh, oh. So. What? <laughs> they are, they were basically the, so Lake of the Woods Milling Company started May 21st, 1887 to take advantage of a new railway and Western grain production. They were basically the biggest poultry feed company in Canada. Okay. 
I have lots of history about it. They were huge. How? My question is, why is that sign there? My question is, how do you get L-A-K-K-O out of Lake of the Woods Milling Company? It's not an acronym. It's just LACO. Like know, Lake of the Woods. But it's it's spelled like there's an extra K in there. No, I know. I chalked it up to 19th century Illiteracy. spelling, just like whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe that's a weird thing for me to be hung up on. Because I was like, LACO. Yeah, that's what I would have thought. And I was like, it's like a milk thing, but I kept having to remind myself it was a, a poultry feed thing. And so it, it's definitely, I mean, like, in no, at no place is it, uh, like, it, are they referred to as Laco? It's sort of like um, Coke. Like, Coca-Cola is called mm-hmm. Coke, but if they only called it Coca-Cola, but, like, the sign was like, drink Coke, and the company was Coca-Cola, and you called it Coca-Cola, and no okay. one referred to it as Coke, that sort of thing. I think it was, I assume it's Laco. I would pronounce it Laco without any, with with a lack of context, but um, <laughs> with context, uh-huh. uh, I think it has to be pronounced like them. Okay. So my question is, why is, why is this gigantic Canadian company in uh, New York City? Well, New York's not terribly far from Canada. Right, but Presumably, do we trade with Canada? I don't know. I think the answer is probably the props person found an old-looking sign. Right. That's that. That was my thought too. So then, how I found this was that I found that sign on antiqueadvertising.com, a nineteen and a half inch by twenty-seven and a half inch uh, lithograph of that sign, sold on December 9th, twenty sixteen, for twenty-three hundred dollars. Why? I don't well, know. It's not even the sign. It's just a lithograph. Of it's the it's sign? it's an original. I think that that the sign is a lit like it's oh. it's it is that oh, it's in okay. really great condition. My uh, why though? Do- Who why? Buh, buh. No There's idea. So many other things you could spend twenty three hundred dollars on besides a picture of a chicken feed yeah. sign. My thing that I was chuckling to myself about was, what if someone from Newsies grabbed that sign and sold it as an authentic nineteenth century? Because it would be the sign from Newsies mm-hmm. would be in great condition. Yeah. I mean, certainly better than a hundred years older or more. I have to say, I would rather have the sign from Newsies. Right? Than the authentic one. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't rather have it for $2,300. No, and you would be correct into making that. I don't understand. I would maybe want it for $23, but only if like one of our key players had touched it. Right. It's not even looked at. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They are in front of, they stop Sarah in front of a poultry store. It has chickens hanging. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I don't know if it's this minute or next minute, but there's a fight. Well, I think Oscar or Morris stops Sarah um, in front of this poster for various kinds of poultry. Okay. Um, which I couldn't see or really figure out what I wanted to do or look up with that. But there's definitely like a chicken themed thing going on behind them. Interesting. Including this uh, sign for Lego chicken feed. I did not feed. notice that. Yeah. I was literally looking for any words. Yeah. I was busy watching less shadow sorting. And like, it's funny because so he's behind Sarah. Yeah. And she's walking and talking southernly to uh-huh. random people. 
And then Oscar's like following right behind her. Yeah. And at one point he like runs into her or she notices him. She stops and turns around. And that's when he apologizes and calls her sweetheart in the smarmiest, grossest way possible. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to correct you. Sweet face. Sweet face. It's worse than sweetheart. It's worse. Better than sweet cheeks. And I think that's because it's a Disney children's movie. (laughs) Probably. But so while this is happening, Les, as he has clearly been directed to, stops. Right. Doesn't run into Oscar. He's not paying any attention to what's happening. Right. So he's clearly been told, okay, stop. Right. But so he notices, quote unquote, notices them enough to not run into Oscar, but doesn't notice them enough to notice that it's Oscar. Right. And maybe his sister's in trouble. Right. He just... They, then they all start moving again, including Les, who just keeps... <laughs> it's like... And, and, like, why don't those women do anything about the clearly threatening man following this teenage girl and her young brother? Yeah, I think that that's... I mean, I think that's a very patriarchy sort of thing. Like, I think that it's literally... They were like, well, I'm not going to stand up to some... To a man. We There's another... I have a similar note in the next minute where there's there's lots of looky loos in this whole yeah. week and it was yeah. driving me a little crazy yeah same so yeah so i mean things are getting menacing yeah the tension is ramping up yes so we are ready for social media i think we are okay so we're on twitter we are at newsies minute or individually i'm at unabashedly aaron i am at unabashed james if you have any if you are, especially if you are Canadian, now the Laco company closed in like the 60s. Um, but if you have any context about why this was, like was was the Lake of the Woods milling company like General Mills in America? Like, I would love to hear from Canadian listeners about if there's a, an extended context. Also, there's so much Canadian stuff in this movie, actors and... I think, I don't think, I don't know that Kenny Ortega is Canadian, but like we've talked about how, oh, that was a Canadian show. That was a, there's a bunch of stuff going on that they sort of imported a bunch of stuff from Canada. So if you have any context about, about the Lake of the Woods, the Lake of the Woods Milling Company or whatever, it would be cool for you to, to chime in because uh, I'm, I'm sort of interested in. I just don't understand how this ended up on set. I mean, clearly it was just a set dresser. It was yeah. like, this looks old. Yeah. Yeah. They checked it with, you know, our guys who were like, yeah, that was around in the 1890s. Hey, Kenny, look what I found behind the piano. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the Lake of the Woods Company. Oh, yeah, that was that was a big company back in the 19th century. Eh? When did Kenny become Minnesotan? Oh, that was Canadian. Well, it, up until the A, yeah. it sounded very Minnesotan. I mean, like... Ba- it's basically the That's same what accent. I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Minnesota, the Mexico of Canada. That sound you just heard was all of our Canadian, Minnesotan, and Mexican listeners just (laughs) logging right off of instant messenger. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Goodbye. We also have a Patreon. It is patreon.com slash Aaron and James if you would like to financially support whatever this is that we're doing. Yeah. Um, We would surely appreciate it. Yeah. But until tomorrow. Soak them for crutchy. Hey everyone, it's James here. Uh, It's Tuesday, which means that it is time for the Newsies Minute. Uh, We hadn't started doing uh, Scavengers Network shoutouts in earnest on the show yet. 
Scavengers Network shout-out time. Yeah, we'll call it that. Um, I wanted to talk to you about a show. Uh, you know, there are so many... There's so many true crime podcasts out there where, you know, crimes are gone over and suspects and all this stuff. Wouldn't it be great if the crime podcast you listen to was a little bit less true? I'm talking about the Amateur Detective Club, and they're talking about detective and murder mystery uh, genre. You know, they do uh, TV shows, they do books, I believe they also do movies. And if you have an interest in that, uh, then they can be found right here on the Scavengers Network. I would highly recommend you check it out. Okay. Talk to you later. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.